0: Several days ago, a man in his 50s, for reasons that are still not clear, stabbed five people outside a school in Dublin, Ireland, including three children. And then almost immediately after, parts of that city erupted into rioting. What exactly is going on here? Well, the Washington Post stepped in, helpfully, to explain. And Here's the tweet the Washington Post sent out. Quote, online rumors claimed the perpetrator of a stabbing attack was an immigrant. The BBC found that the man was an Irish citizen who had lived in the country for 20 years. Police blamed, quote, a lunatic faction driven by far-right ideology for the riot in Dublin. That was the Washington Post explanation. But actually, the man was an immigrant. He was from Algeria. And as it turns out, he's been living in Ireland for 23 years at public expense. He has never had a job. And then last week, unaccountably, he stabbed children. Well, many people in Ireland are absolutely sick of this. It's happening by design. That country has been completely transformed by immigration. It's not the Ireland you remember at all. And going forward, anyone who complains about that or questions government policy will be guilty of a felony. The new hate speech laws are coming to Ireland. No complaining about it. And of course, it's not just Ireland. It's across the West. What does this mean? What is happening here? And what's the right response to it? thought it'd be worth talking to Steve Bannon. He's the host of War Room, an old friend of ours. It's his birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday, Steve. Um, Thank you, Tucker. So it seems like Ireland's, of course, a small country, an island uh, in Western Europe, but it seems like this is kind of almost a metaphor for what's happening across the West. What do you make of the rioting there and the government's response to it?
1: Well, look, you've been to Hungary, You know, Victor Orban has led this fight for years and um, has tried to get his country the sovereignty of it to stay away from what's happening in Germany and places like Ireland. Ireland's probably one of the worst, if not the worst, because the political class has totally sold out the people. You know, they've had, I think, one hundred and twenty five thousand immigrants in the last year that that is the same equivalent if all of Joe Biden's nine million illegal alien invaders here in our country all came within one year. That's that's what, that's what the impact it's had on Ireland. And they're all on the public dole. There's been 100,000 Ukrainians in what, the uh, 18 months or 20 months since the war started. 100,000 Ukrainians all on the public dole, all paid for uh, out of the Irish budget. Now, some of that money is given by the EU, but the Irish politicians are by far the worst that are bought off uh, by the EU. They're the biggest globalists. They've sold out the sovereignty of of the Irish And you're seeing a natural blowback, and you're really seeing it among working class people in the cities, Irish nationals, Irish citizens, whose family have been there for generations and generations and generations and have nothing to show for it, and also in the rural communities. So Ireland is a powder keg, and I think what you saw the other day in the response by the Garda, the response by the authorities was immediately to go after Conor McGregor. And other folks who were saying, hey, we need to address this. We need to, your 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 proclamations are no longer good enough. We need to see a plan of action because there's been enough of these um, these immigrants attacks on on citizens, including a year ago uh, where there was, a, I think, a murder of a, a school teacher uh, by an immigrant. So the Irish people, I think, have had a belly full of it. But you're seeing this is this is across the West. And it started with a mass uh, immigration in the 60s and 70s, but really been picked up since the syrian civil war and what the germans did back in 2014
0: so the irish government is trying to replace the population of ireland with people from the third world obviously but why what's the justification for that ireland was never a colonial power these are not people they once ruled coming back to the mother country um the same people have lived in ireland for thousands of years they have a native population and they're being replaced why would someone want to do that do you think
1: I think you're seeing it. I think you're seeing this because the political class is very tied to Brussels. The political class, and there's really no true opposition party when you think from a populist nationalist perspective. They've got a couple of uh, small parties that are starting to grow. Of course, you got Sinn Fein, who's uh, the political arm or the IRA, who are more and more taking on a nationalistic uh, bent. You've got a couple of small parties. One's kind of Trump-inspired uh, to combat this. But I think these people are seeing, you know, and look. You talk about the great replacement theory and people, are, oh, you know, people get very upset when you talk about it. But you just look at the math. This it's has happened across Europe. It's happened in Germany. This is why Orban has been so singled out. Um, this is why, quite frankly, Georgia Maloney, who, you know, was one a person who we supported a lot when she got in there because the EU was going to cut Italy off for money, really backed off a lot on this immigration policy. The Germans and uh, the people in Brussels, the party of Davos just doesn't think the working class um, European population is very controllable. They think they're dangerous. They think they're the cause of these world wars in World War One and World War Two. And so they've always been uh, – they've tried to control them every way possible. Now they're using immigration. And Ireland is one of the worst examples, and that's why it's a powder keg.
0: It does seem like there's race hate at the bottom of it. I, I can't think of a better explanation. I mean there have been wars in Africa – you know, sort of every week for my entire life. And no one's saying we've got too many Africans in Nigeria, let's replace them with Indians or something. No one would even think to say that. But poor Ireland, which didn't really do anything wrong on the world stage that I'm aware of, is, I mean, in 100 years, there'll be, you know, a a minority of Irish people in Ireland. That's a big change. And it's on purpose. How could anyone read that as anything but an expression of, of hate?
1: Right. Contempt for their working class, for the working class of Ireland. This is why, Tucker, I think they're cracking down so hard. You've seen what they've tried to do to Viktor Orban, who's kind of become the leader of this, the the political and intellectual, public intellectual leader of this. They've tried to isolate him for years, although he's been right about the Ukraine war. He's been right about uh, what happened in Germany in 2014, about the sovereignty of his country and the sovereignty of his people. But in Ireland, they've taken it to a next level. I mean, they immediately came out and they're prosecuting right now, I should say, investigating Conor McGregor uh for hate speech, for some tweets he put out and a couple of statements he made. The The Garda came out and they've arrested 30 people and their whole focus is on the prosecution, on the prosecution of the people that stood up to this and the people that, quite frankly, were angry about it. The entire focus has been after going after the population and to try to cow them, to try to say, no, if you stand up to this, you stand up to the political class, if you have an opinion, right, which, you know, you should have a free speech. But if you have an opinion, that's going to be hate speech. And those hates that hate speech law uh, has many years in prison associated with it. So they have cracked down not on immigration crime, not on the uh, homelessness situation, the lawlessness, the breakdown of law and order. They have focused on the Irish people to really put their, 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 their focus on, and look who's doing it. I mean, the head of the Irish government and the chief of police.
0: If a government makes it a crime to criticize that government's policies, then it's not by definition a free country, is it?
1: Uh, I think you're absolutely correct. And I think you're seeing that here in the United States. I mean, as you know, I mean, you're, you're hounded all the time. If you have a different opinion from the state, Right. They're trying to criminalize that. And they're doing that, trying to do that every day here in the United States It's one of the reasons that if they can't criminalize it to actually use the courts and the uh, police state like the FBI to come after you, they'll ba- basically partner with big tech to either deplatform you or to other you. Uh, we're seeing this here in the United States. And, and this is just about the situation or the problem. Think about the solution. I keep telling people, hey, think downrange the 2025. If we're able to win and close in closing that win, think of the issues we have to deal with, not just in the budget, but with the deportations. I mean, we have nine million or eight or nine million here today just on Biden's watch. Center for Immigration Studies says we're going to have another six million by the time we get to the election next year. That's 14 or 15 million. I think illegal alien invaders are coming because they've gained the asylum system. My belief is those people have to go home. They have to be returned. They have to leave our country, or we're not going to have a country. Uh, you're going to see hate speech law. You're going to see, I mean, even the discussion about this over the last couple of weeks with the people at Project 2025 and Stephen Miller and others have all of a sudden got the the media saying, oh, we're setting up concentration camps. This is going to be worse than the Japanese in World War II, all of that. And that's just even mentioning the concept of it. So uh, the the issue of how it happened and it's happening every day in the country is bad enough. And if you stand up to it, you know, you're, you're called a nativist, a xenophobe, a racist, uh, you know a a domestic terrorist, a violent extremist, but if you even start to uh bring up what 's going to happen for th- for a solution like in midtown Manhattan, where you have to empty out the Roosevelt hotel and those folks have to go home uh it 's going to get ten times worse, and so I hope people that watch your show appreciate the fact. Uh, particularly maybe people that are not that political, that we're going to have, and not just turbulence, we're going to have a firestorm in this country that is going to pale in comparison, I think, to what you saw in Ireland last week.
0: So, I mean, if you're born in a country where your ancestors were also born and you've paid your taxes and obeyed the laws and participated in civic life, voted, volunteered, sent your kids to school, supported the schools, I think it's fair to call it your country, right? And if your government, which hates you, Let's in tens of millions of people illegally and then pays for their lives, it's fair to say your country is being stolen from you. I, I don't, is it not, or am I missing something? I don't, I don't think these are just like semantic questions. These are like deep questions of principle. I mean, isn't that fair to say?
1: I, I think it's a question of principle. I also think you gave a speech other than they they said, hey, it's just kind of common sense. People just trust your gut. People know that something's quite wrong. Here in the country and throughout many countries of the world, this is what you just laid out. is pretty common sense. If if you're if your family's been here for many generations, you've helped to build the civic society, the underpinnings of this society by just being a good householder, by being a good citizen. If you've served this country, if you've paid the taxes, you have a stake in the country. You have something here. And obviously with. You know, Ann Coulter thinks, you know, she estimates there's 40 to 50 million illegal aliens here. Just there's, we know there's nine or 10 just on Biden's watch. If you just even talk about the mathematics of that, they come after you for a great replacement theory. What's obvious, just common sense of what's going on. You just look around and you look around in the great cities of the United States right now. I mean, Chicago is basically uninhabitable, New York City, Midtown. Is virtually uninhabitable in many areas san diego airport was taken over this weekend by i don't know four or five hundred illegal aliens who were here who kind of came into asylum but nobody you know people are now blue states are sh- are shifting them around are paying millions of dollars to send them from chicago to other places it's obvious what's out there uh the issue is who has the courage to step forward and say okay um we have to have a program to stop this immediately and we also have to have a uh, another program to basically get these people out of the country. We don't have a sovereign country. Even someone as powerful as you at the time on, I would argue, the most powerful news network were attacked viciously. And one of the reasons you're attacked is that to come after you and to say, hey, we can even get a Tucker Carlson if he brings this topic up and try to other him, that gets everybody else quiet. It puts fear in people. They don't want to talk about it at work. They're quite, uh, they're, they're very uh, concerned about talking about it on the campaign trail. Uh, in the halls of Congress, you look at this right now on the Ukrainian deal to get another eighty million dollars for the money laundering operation in Ukraine. The Republican Senate's going to do a couple of cosmetic things on the asylum program just to try to sell it to the American people. There's no talk at all about really s- sealing the border right now. There's no talk about moving the House of Representatives down to McAllen, Texas, and you just you just you you hold the House of Representatives there until the border is sealed, till the Rio Grande Valley is safe. Anytime it's brought up, it's considered a mortal sin uh, to the uh, to the uh, the globalist to the uniparty, and they're going to make it only. Uh, this is one thing, and I'm sure I want to emphasize: <laughs> this is only going to get worse. It is not going to get better. The Center on Immigration Studies says that we will have another four to six million illegal alien invaders under this gamed asylum law here before election day of next year, and uh, already we know this is costing us. A half a trillion dollars of money we don't have. And money, quite frankly, is not budgeted. That's why Eric Adams in New York, a sanctuary city, he wants a five billion dollar bailout. And because the Republicans and the Magra saying no chance, you're a sanctuary city. You asked for this. You got it. You got to pay for it. The police department there's going to be cut by 20%. The education in New York's going to be cut by a billion dollars. So this is getting to be a national crisis, but still you get demonized if you even bring it up. And this is what you're seeing in Ireland. I think the tension among working class people when nobody represents them, nobody can talk about it. And even people like Conor McGregor that come out are immediately prosecuted or investigated, at least for hate speech.
0: I I feel like I'm a pretty balanced person emotionally. and maybe I'm flattering myself, but I don't think I'm a radical or not. But look at what's going on. They're telling American citizens who were born here have an abortion, go ahead you know, and end your life with euthanasia, make sure your kids are trans. They're basically doing everything they can discourage people from leaving, leading longer lives and having more kids. Here's some fentanyl. Here's some SSRIs. And then they're telling the rest of the third world to move here. I mean, what's the message of that? I mean, the message seems really clear. Am I missing something? Why, why wouldn't people start to no, get it's very, very radical once they – Figure this out, and it's not hard
1: to figure. I think out. I think it's, I think it's very clear, and also the scale of it. On D Day uh, uh, in 1944, there was 150,000 men that hit the beach that day, right? And that's looked at as the biggest uh, military maneuver, military movement in American history. 150,000 men. We have almost two times that every month coming across the border. We have equivalent of 35 combat divisions. Combat division being about 10,000 men. The scale of this is incredible, and there's no discussion about it. And obviously, they make uh, everything just like every Maoist revolution or every uh, Marxist revolution focus on breaking the nuclear family and and to make sure in this country, quite frankly, that uh, people can't reproduce with anything like the replacement popul- you know, the number 2.1 percent uh, or 2.1 uh, children per family. And they not just welcome in they have created a system and they gamed an entire asylum system, w- which was set up to pre- prevent this, that you just because of economic necessity or wanting a better life, which are wonderful things. And I don't blame the people coming up. If I was down in that situation, I would too, but that's not what our too. asylum system and immigration system was supposed to do. They purposely went and gamed that system, not just to make it easy as possible, but then to fully finance it. And if you look at, the situation we are economically, no, Tucker, we passed $33 trillion of debt on 18th September, on the morning of the 18th of September. Right now, we're basically 60 days away from that. We're at $33.8 trillion. We will pass $34 trillion, I estimate, on the 28th of December. 100 days after hitting 33, we'll pass $34 trillion. We are beyond broke. We are technically a bankruptcy right now. And we're doing this all in foreign money and just fiat currency that is that is created. And you see, look at Argentina. Argentina is the example of what's going to happen here in the United States. And yet we're letting in, you know, 10 to 15 million new additional illegal alien invaders. And and the corporate class wants it because they want to drive down wages at the lowest possible level. And quite frankly, they want bigger markets. They want more consumers. And so this situation is going to cause a political revolution in this country. This has been lingering out there and talked about. It was part of Trump's rise in in 16. But the the issue is five times worse today, both on the immigration part of it and the financial part of it. And so this is going to come to a head, not just in the 24 campaign, people in your audience and particularly those under 35 years old. Just you're a Russian serf. You don't own anything and you're not going to own anything. And the financial situation in this country is only going to get worse in the confrontation with the invasion of this nation by illegal aliens, exacerbated by radicals and globalists, is going to be is going to be. You know, if you if you think the protest they've got outside of Columbus Circle today is bad, you haven't seen anything yet. Twenty, twenty five and beyond. And for years, there's no magic wand that you're going to sit there and this is going to go away. People have to understand this is like Damocles' sword over the head of this nation. And it's going to take us at least a decade of tough decisions, tough people, tough but fair people to sort this out.
0: I mean, at some point, again, you just worry about unrest because they've kind of kept the lid on this by, you know, threatening to arrest people, I suppose, but mostly by calling them white supremacists or anti-Semites or whatever. You know, and at a certain point, people say, well, I'm actually not those things. At all, and you're not going to intimidate me anymore. And you're wrecking my country, and you're attacking me for being white. And I, why would I put up with that? And they're going to get radical. Like, why would that not happen?
1: I think that also. I think it's it's also a class thing. This is why I think you see many Hispanic men and many African American men now coming to this, coming to the the MAGA movement or the America First movement. One of the things that hasn't worked, they have demonized Trump and demonized this movement is that we're trying to take democracy away. You're a fascist. I'm a fascist. We're the leaders of a new fascist uh, program. Trying to take democracy away by listening to what the population wants. I
0: love that.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Excuse me. When people look at it, when people look at it, they say, hey, I'm not a bad person. And I'm not asking for something (laughs) that's terribly aggressive. I just want my community to be my community. I don't want to be flooded with illegal aliens that are taking jobs, causing crime, adding to homelessness. And quite frankly, we can't pay for them. We can't pay for their education. We can't pay for their health care. We can't pay for their housing. We can't pay for the stipend and the phones. We can't do it. And people look and say, hey, they're calling me a fascist every day. They're calling Tucker Carlson and, 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 and Donald Trump and Steve Bannon and many, many others. Uh, Leaders of a fascist movement. Well, I don't feel like a fascist. I feel like it's common sense. I think that's the power of your speech. The other day said, hey, just look around. Just trust your gut. Just look around and see. Something feels very wrong, feels very different in America. And if you even go back a few years ago to the debates we used to have in Obama's first term, they almost seem kind of naive. They seem very, you know, oh, Obamacare. The the scale of the problem has gone up. The complexity of the problem has gone up. And the viciousness of, I think... A, it's like the um, it's like the bourbon aristocrats in uh, in pre-revolutionary France. They said, you know, they didn't know anything and they didn't learn anything. <laughs> right? That's exactly. the that's the kind of uniparty uh, public intellectual and the elites we have. They're dug in. And I don't think it's working. I think you're seeing that in the polling numbers. I also think you're seeing it in just culture. There's there's a change of people coming to our side, say, yes, we should put America first. And it's important we should put American citizens first. And I think that's the big tectonic plate shift we're seeing. But, man, it's going to be it's going to be quite a fight for the next, I don't know, five or 10 years. It's going to take that long to work through this.
0: Last question. Um, you've mentioned Conor McGregor a couple of times. So he's, of course, the MMA fighter. He's been very vocal on social media about what's happening in Ireland. And he seems to be alluding to his getting into politics, taking over Ireland. How, how would you assess that? What do you think of him and what he's saying?
1: I think I would call him, I put it up on social media. I think he's an Irish patriot. Look, he's got some rough edges. I'm Irish, right? He's got some rough edges, but I think people in times of turmoil look to people who are fighters. You know, I think it was a uh, Churchill that said courage is the most important of all the virtues because it's, it, it's on virtue that all the it's on courage that all the other virtues rest. I think you're seeing, I, you know, he didn't have to do this by being so vocal. He put himself out there as a target, just like you. Once you're out there, if you step forward and say, hey, this is not right. This is what we have to do. We have to think about the country and we have to think about the country's citizens first. All of a sudden, you're a target. He, he could have a great life. He's, you know, he's launching pubs. He's a he's an internationally known guy. It's like Trump. You could go do other things. You don't need this. He's doing this, I think, for his great love of Ireland and the Irish people. And like I said, he's got some rough edges. But remember, in what I call a fourth turning in turbulent times, you're going to have the Donald Trumps of the world step forward. You're going to have the Conor McGregors. Those are the people that are going to come through in times of turmoil. This is not. These are not an uh, era where people that have worked in the state legislature and just punched all their tickets are really, I think, what people are looking for. They're looking for people that are courageous and we will have to see Conor McGregor. Look, they're going to come after Conor McGregor. I mean, hard. They're going to do the hate speech thing. I think they're also going to limit the ability of people to go in in our Ireland like they've tried to do in England, because I think the, the political class there is petrified about some new party coming up that's more populist nationalist. We've seen it In a number, you've seen it all over the world. You've gone and interviewed people from Spain to Brazil to Argentina. It's interesting that the biggest lid they put on this is in Great Britain and in Ireland. Remember, the Tories are worse. The Tories are 10 times worse than establishment Republicans. You still don't have, even with Nigel, you know, you still don't have a populist nationalist party that's really risen as an alternative. And in Ireland, they they will do that corrupt political class will do anything brussels wants anything davos wants to make sure that there's no chance for that party to 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 come up and the first thing they'll do they'll attack national figures like conor mcgregor that say hey we got to really start putting the irish people first
0: yeah they hate themselves so much it's just remarkable uh, to watch it steve bannon again happy birthday thanks a lot for doing this it's great to see you
1: thanks brother thanks for having me on love the show
0: thank you